right, let's get it. What's good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this, and the boys are back in town. For one of them, that's literally back in town. <laughs> <laughs> you tuned in to another episode of It's a Black and White Thing featuring A1 and A Ward. I'm one half of the dynamic duo. I'm A1. You can check us out um, on all socials by searching for at Brains and Bars. That is TikTok, that is Instagram, that is Twitter, that is Facebook. Um, you can check out every episode of the show by going to the podcast app of your choice, selecting or searching for at Brands and Bars or searching for It's a Black and White Thing. Um, and you can also catch us live on YouTube at Brands and Bars. Subscribe, rate, comment. I know it's been a while. Um, you know, Ward has been on a battling tour. You got a battle though. What's going on, Ward? You got a you on a battling tour. You got a battle tomorrow. Um, you gonna battle some more? <laughs> Uh, what's going on with you, man? Um, uh, outside of that, um, not a whole lot, man. Not a whole lot. So that is a whole lot, though. So that's enough. You know, work, family, animals, life, and writing, and writing, and writing, and memorizing, and uh, traveling. So yeah, but it's been pretty good, bro. It's been pretty good. I'm enjoying the uh, change into the cooler weather, even though I know it's going to be very, like, it's going to let you, like, a couple weeks of this and then it's gonna snow and it's gonna be freezing and i'm gonna hate my life but Man. i like i like what we got going on right now just windbreaker weather like you know hoodie weather I'm, I'm cool with that i don't need to get a winter jacket out though if it could be 80 degrees every day i would love it somewhere between 70 and 80 would be perfect um you know it i ain't gonna lie like there are certain albums um that sound really good in the fall um you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Marv One, who actually has an album um, that is made for that. Let me see if I can get the title off of it. Soundtrack of Autumn. Soundtrack of Autumn. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, Marv One has a new album about to drop that I got the exclusive uh, listen, exclusively listened to this past weekend. That's what's uh, up. That's what's up. It, it, I heard it, a couple of tracks when we was in Atlanta. I heard a couple. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really good, man. It's really good, really good. He says it's his best work. Um, I don't know that I've listened to all of Marwan's albums, so but I mean, from what I have listened to, uh, Rabbit Got the Gun, Soundtrack of Autumn, um, and a couple others. Man, my favorite from him is Sooner Than Later. Um, Sooner Than Later, yeah, that's the one that sticks out. Like when I was trying to go into my library to see, like Sooner Than Later. Is one that is my favorite project of his that I listen to. So yeah, but soundtrack of Autumn, Marv One, W O N. Like, go check it out. It's a dope project. It's made for this type of weather. You can let your windows down, cruise around the city to it. You can you can do the same with sooner than later too. Let me cook. Um, Roses, Roses is my favorite. John off of there. Working is dope. Um, so yeah, uh, what clock? Uh, it's a clockwork. I think it's clockwork. A couple of dope records on there. So, Bear Mattress, right, so, that's my song. Mm, that's yep. A good song. Yep, yep. So, I got, you know, we got a dope show. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, college, NFL, closing out with some battle rap. But I got a couple of things I need to get off my chest first. You know, you can feel free to chime in if you like, but I really, I, I do got a couple of things I got to get off my chest. And I'm going to start in the world of higher education. Educators, I need someone who teaches. <laughs> elementary age kids third to like fifth grade and sometimes sixth grade because sometimes they're not counting that as middle school in every area i need y'all to holler at me because the math is literally not mathing right so 
<laughs> my son comes home. He's got some homework to do, right? He's got some uh, some math. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going through the basics of multiplication, just building up into some other things, right? And so, you know, listen, when it's been 20, 30 years since you've done this stuff, sometimes you got to like give yourself a little refresher before you sit down with your kid. Because if he asks you a question, you can't be sitting there as the adult like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Are you smarter than the fifth grader? Literally, right? So I'm looking at the math work. And they have this thing with math now where they say, we want to teach you the why of math. And I'm thinking the why is so you can get a job. That's the <laughs> why. I don't care. So this is how they do this, this these days. Let's just say two times seven, right? Mm-hmm. Two's on the left, seven's on the right. On the left side with the two, there are two blocks. You know what you're supposed to do with those two blocks that are underneath the two? You have to figure out what two numbers equal two. So if it's two times seven, one and one. one. Do you know what you have to do with those ones? You then have to multiply one times the seven, two times. So one times seven, one times seven, it equals well, both of them equal seven. You know what you got to do after that? You got to add seven plus seven, and that equals 14. Kids, let me help you understand something. You want to be good at multiplication? You want to be good at it? Memorize it. Like, what are we, we didn't have to do all this when we were kids. Like, if I sucked at, at, at my fives and multiplication, you know what I had to do? I had to sit there at the chart, look at it, and then memorize it. Five times one is five. Five times two is ten. Five. And I had to literally be able, on command, to be able to do this. I didn't have to go, what's, what, what two numbers equal one? Hmm. Or equal five? Hmm. Two and three equal five. Now let me multiply that. Come on. Like you're doing too much work. This is unnecessary. It is unnecessary. Educators, somebody make it make sense for me because it does not. When you talk about all the things you learn as a kid growing up, you go, I'm never going to use this in life. I pity the child that has to grow up and has to learn how to do, has to go into some sector of life. And someone asks them, man, um, dang, what's 11 times five? And they're sitting there going, hmm, okay, wait, don't number six. Like, you want to look an idiot. You're not going to look intelligent. Kids, listen, multiplications, get the chart, get the memorizing if you want to be better. All right. That's number one. That's number As a one. kid, I never, ever got an answer wrong that was multiplied by seven. It just never happened because I'm a football fan. I know every multiplication is seven. I played Madden. I knew seven nothing, 14 nothing, 21 nothing. Every possible way to multiply by seven. If I got one wrong, I, it, it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. <laughs> I got good at sevens real quick just for that reason. Yeah. Kids, you want to get good at, at multiplications of seven? Yeah. Watch football. Watch football. <laughs> watch football, and you'll see how to count seven times two, 14, three, 21, yep. four, 28, 35, mm-hmm. 42. Like, you'll get good, real good at your sevens if you do that. Not going, hmm. Seven times five or five times seven. What two numbers equal? All right. Anyway, right. Ridiculous. Number Just come two, up with a formula, memorize it, and move on. Oh, it's real simple. It's real simple, guys. I don't care if you got to count on your hands, your toes, nose hairs. I don't care how you do it. Just not, not, anyway, anyway. The why. That's hilarious. Bro, it, it's infuriating. Anyway. All right, Drake. 
I am a day one Drake fan. My little brother called me and was like, yo, Wheelchair Jimmy's rapping. This is back when he was on Degrassi. And I said, word? Yeah, he's rapping. He There's an episode on the show. He forms a band. He, he, he actually spits a rap that he wrote for real, not one that the writers wrote for him. So uh, Room for Improvement. So that's how far back. I go back to the first mixtape with Drake. This new album is getting a lot of criticism. This is a good album, guys. It's not a great album. It's not, it's not a terrible album. It's an okay album, especially considering Drake's discography. If you are a fan of Drake or if you enjoy his music, go look at his run from So Far Gone to Views. It's unbelievable. It's amazing. It is hard to meet that standard every time you drop something. This is a good Drake album. It's getting a lot of slander now. Those who hate Drake will hate it in five years. But I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you what's going to happen. Those who simply enjoy the music for what it is in three to five years, they're going to revisit this album. They're going to go, this is not a bad album. It's an okay album. Uh, Certified Lover Boy, that was trash. That was not a good Drake album. That's the album that should have been getting the slander. I ran that back uh, this past week, kind of going through his, his discography. Certified Lover Boy is not good. It's not good at all. Like It's probably the worst solo record he's dropped. And again, that's not a bad thing because he's given us so many good things. But right. y'all got to ease up. Y'all got to lighten up. The Drake album is actually a good... It's his most... It has the most playback since Scorpion. And he dropped... Of his solo projects. And he's dropped Dark Lane demo tapes. He dropped Certified Lover Boy. Honestly, never mind. Although I like Honestly, never mind. He's dropped three solo projects since then. It's his most... Is this the best album he has the most playback to that point? JC, what's good with you, man? All right, next thing, and I'm almost done. This is my last thing, and I'm out of mm-hmm. here. Sports. John Wick is trash. And I feel like every single one of y'all who got on Al Gore's internet and taught and told me that John Wick was a good series, you lied to me. You owe me an apology. You owe America an apology. This freaking franchise makes no sense. They killed. Okay, I get it. They killed. I've never seen any of them, so go ahead. Listen, you're gonna you're gonna watch it, and in about in about a year or so, you're gonna have John Wick bars everywhere. This is what you do. They've already. They're normally already been said, so I don't even get the benefit of the doubt. So you'll find a way to you. You'll find a. You're creative. You'll find yeah. a way to fit a John Wick bar into into a round. They killed his emotional support dog that his dead wife gave him. Okay, I get it. Instead of seeking therapy. Like most normal people would do, he decided to kill everybody. He kills everybody. The, the, I can I have a list. I'm actually going to condense it down. There's no plot until the third movie. Literally, the entire series is they killed my dog, they stole my car. You all must die. That's the plot. Nothing else. The third movie finally a plot appears, but it has such a big hole in it that it doesn't make sense. It does not. The man literally. So let, let me let me. I put it to you like this. Let's just say URL says to you, Ward, we'll make you a deal. Highest paid battle rapper on the roster, highest views, highest looks, best opponents possible. All you have to do is go to ARP and tell him you'll never rap on his stage again. Right. This is guaranteed. They're going to take care of you because there's honor amongst thieves in this in this franchise. Yo, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Got something to tell you. 
<laughs> Sorry, it's true. <laughs> right. So he, you say yes. You go to ARP, and let's just say P is waiting for you with ARP because he knows that you are going to announce your loyalty to URL in front of ARP's face. And you know what you do when you get there? I kill him. <laughs> no, don't <laughs> kill him. Oh. You turn your back on the deal. So this is how he goes to the ends of the earth, literally almost dies, goes before like the highest level of this Assassin's Creed group. They cut off his finger to prove his loyalty with his ring. Literally, boom, gone, sear it with the uh with the a, a brand or a steak, right? So it doesn't you don't bleed to death. He goes back, and they tell him the only way you can like get out of this this uh, being killed is you have to go kill the guy that protected you that took care of you right he goes back to the guy that took care of him the lady with the with the group is like you ready to do what you're at you're supposed to do he goes mm, nah i don't think so excuse then what did we what did we just what did i just watch this for two hours for what was the whole point of me watching this movie for you to escape death for two hours show up at the ends of the earth make a deal with the devil and then decide at the end Eh, never mind. I just chopped my finger off for nothing. But it wasn't cliffhanger for, for number four? Like, it wasn't like... I haven't watched number four. I'm hate-watching it at this point. Like, oh. I, I gotta <laughs> skip through to the end. So, I, that was movie number three. Y'all lied to me, man. John Wick, listen. Jay Black, you are a legend. I rock with probably 99% of what you say. John Wick is trash, and I stand on that. I'm standing on business. Trash. And I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Yo. Did you hear Emerson Kennedy say that to be magic? No, what did he say? He, he said, Godzilla in the city. I stand on business. I saw somebody quote that. That's a fire bar, man. Fire, I, man, so, Let me say this. Salute to EK, man. I know he is stepping away from being in front of the camera to doing things behind the camera. Shout out to Last Second C, man. Go check yep. out all the content. They got quality content. Um, Loso and Ace, I mean, has a short uh, series on there. Um, on last second, see you got uh Lou Castro and Jazz has a, a series on there. Um, and obviously, the work that he did with I forget the young lady's name, um, Sarah in the gray area, gray area, gray area is hilarious. Like, please go check that out. But mm -hmm. yeah, man, EK being uh, delivering some really standout bars and material yeah. as he goes on this retirement tour. But that's it, those are my list of grievances. I'm done, math, math Drake, that's not mathing. Drake's album's good. John Wick. Drake and, math not mathing. Drake and Drive this fall, and John Wick's whack. Oh, oh god! Like, like I'm telling you, Martin Scorsese is always talking about how like superhero films have killed cinema and film. I'm pretty sure if he watched an hour John Wick, he would literally die. <laughs> he would die. He would pass away. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, so let's get into these sports, man. I'm done with that. I'm done. I'm done ranting. All right, let's start in college football, man. I, I, as I can see, you have on your Tennessee. It's Alabama hate week. Mm, okay, okay. So we're going to start there. We're going to start with Tennessee. Like, how do you feel? We're a little bit past the halfway point of the season. How do you feel about the state of Tennessee football as they go into hate week, third third Saturday in October? Or is it the um, Saturday? Wow. Um we're going to talk a little bit about the Chiefs later on 
And I feel about Tennessee the same way I feel about the Chiefs. Mm. Um, so going into this year, obviously after last year, Hendon Hooker, Heisman quarterback, you know, leads the nation in like offensive efficiency, you know, just high scoring, just crazy, you know. Um, going into the year, we knew we was going to take a little bit of a step back with Joe Milton just because kind of, you know, lost two wide receivers to the first two rounds, you know, different things like that. But <clears throat> offensively, it's just not been there all year yet. It's just it's really just not been there all year. It's kind of been frustrating to watch to the point where I would not be surprised if the first half is rough in the Alabama game. If a uh, if if a quarterback change is made in the second half of that game, um, if we go back about six years ago, this happened, and Josh Dobbs got his first action of all time, you know, against Alabama at Alabama, I believe, in the uh, in the second half. Um, but the defense, on the other hand, has been incredibly improved. So, like I said, I feel a lot about them as I do the Chiefs. Um, we got this kid, James Pierce Jr., off the edge. He's a true freshman. I'm like, this guy might be – he might, might end up being a freshman All-American, but, yeah, he's just a monster. Kamal Haddon is probably – I think he leads the, the, the SEC as a defensive back, four picks, you know, pass breakups, different things. Um, special teams was really clicking. D. Williams, you know, obviously a really talented return, return guy. Um, so it's one of those things where you're like, man, can we just get a game where the offense clicks, you know, and, 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 and obviously we need that game to be Alabama. We need that game to be Georgia. Really. We need that game to be Kentucky and Missouri too. Cause they both don't look terrible, you know? Right. They so got we still, yeah. We still have those four games on the, on the, on the, the slate. And so going into, you know, the Alabama game at five and one, you're like, you're not mad as a Tennessee fan too much about five and one. You're pissed off that they lost to Florida after seeing how bad Florida's been in a handful of games this year. You're just kind of like, that's the one we lost. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, but going into the Alabama game, I'll say this much: I, I'm not scared of Milrow. You know, <laughs> this defense that we got, Milrow is like the third most sacked quarterback I think in I don't know if it's the nation or the SEC. You know, this with the, we're averaging five sacks, four four point four sacks a game. You know, like we're our defensive line is just eating people up. But yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily scared of of this Milro kid. Um winning on the road in SEC stuff, winning on the road against Nick Saban stuff, winning on the road against Alabama stuff. You know, um I'm not going into it assuming that we're gonna win this game. But I think if we can get to the quarterback and if for some reason that offense can like finally, you know, catch some kind of chem, you know, because our running game, man, our running game's been really good, but it's the passing game's bad, man. So, is it Nico, right? Nico's the backup? Nico, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nebraska. Nebraska Tennessee pulls the upset. <laughs> uh, two years in a row? I don't know, man. It's like, it's not going to be easy, right? Because I think, you know, shout out to Joe Milton. I just – for all the physical tools that he has, he just doesn't have the accuracy. Yeah. Uh, especially on the intermediate throws. Yeah. Um, he can hit the deep pass, but he still struggles even with hitting that in, in an accurate fashion. But I think they can string, they can run the ball well enough. Um, I think that Bama's defense, while it has gotten better, 
I feel like Texas was able to exploit them on the ground. And I think yeah. that that tempo that they run, it's not the, a signature saving defense. And I do think that Jalen Milrow, I feel like he if he can find Jermaine Burton, I feel like that's his most trusted receiver. That's the one he has the best connection with. And so I think that Tennessee is going to have a plan to double team, to make bracket him, make like make life tough for Burton. And I think that Tennessee is going to do just enough. Yeah, you know, I mean, just Bama enough. played Texas A&M the week before. Then we played Texas A&M you, so you can kind of see, you know, Texas A&M has a, a really good defense. You know, they do have a really good defense. But – Throwing for 100 yards is, is is just abysmal, you know? Like, that was just – that was bad, you know? Um, but running for 240 when Texas A&M allowed, I think, 38 a game or something, like something crazy, you know, was a testament to kind of what Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, and Dylan Sampson are able to do. Um, like I said, we haven't played um, – let's see, we've played – I don't think we've played a ranked team yet, right? What was your non-con? Virginia. Nope. And then and then we played you know, Florida, South Carolina, Texas A&M, um, nah. and like another non-con, right? Let's see who. who I'm pulling it up real quick. Uh, ten, uh, UTSA, t- yeah, Texas San Antonio. And we've Florida, had our bye. Austin P. Yeah, yeah. No, no ranked team. So this is the first ranked team you'll face. I think Florida might have been ranked when we played each other. No, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay. They were not ranked. You got to remember, Florida, what, they lost. They lost to Utah, and I think we played them, yeah, pretty quickly after that. Yeah, so Florida, let's see. They were not ranked even when they played Utah. So Utah was ranked. They have not been ranked at all this season. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, I mean, yeah, so look- first-ranked first team, and then we go. Um, Kentucky, yeah, then we go- Connecticut. Yeah, Missouri, Missouri, Georgia, Missouri. Georgia. Yep, yep. So, so I mean, look, you know, we can get some. We can get some. We get a big win right here. You know, Kentucky and UConn are big games, and that Missouri game becomes huge. Um, you know, and then you know, shoot, we can end up with two losses, or we can end up with five. Man, I don't. I just. I. I. I don't. I don't think we're gonna lose to Alabama, Kentucky, Missouri, and Georgia. But uh, but man, it's uh, it's one of those teams that you're watching, and you're just like. I could see I could see you guys playing Georgia for the right to represent the East. At home too. That's a good thing. That's a good feeling at home, you know? Yep. And yep. no Brock Bowers. I think he'll probably be he I think he's probably gonna be back. There's enough time. It was four to six weeks with the ankle sprain. I think enough time will pass in between then. Um that's less than a month, right? No, that's no, that's one month exactly away. No, less than a month. So the true the test before they play you guys is Mississippi. They get Mississippi the week before. They actually have Florida, Missouri, Mississippi, then you all to close. So not Florida should, although I know Graham Mertz has been playing better, but uh, you know, I think that mm-hmm. Missouri, Mississippi, Georgia, or Tennessee to close. That's a that's a true gauntlet. For an offense yeah. that has Struggle defense has not been as good, but the offense has not been great. It has pretty much been in times of trouble. Hit Brock Byer, Bowers for a pass for a play and let him do his thing. And like you said, without him for four to six weeks. Now the problem with that is, is everybody else develops, and by the time yeah. they get to you guys, now these guys have gotten the confidence and the reps that they needed without Brock 
and things get a little bit tougher. So I want to throw this comment on the board. It's pretty lengthy. Uh, it's from Jordan Easley. What's up, Jordan? Um, he, he compliments <laughs> your God is God is good. God can take you place, take you places hustling can't hoodie. Uh, shout out to you, Jordan. Appreciate you, Jordan. All right, so, Jordan, man. All right, so yeah, so that's I uh, that's to me that's one of the games of the week, if not the but game yeah, of the week. I said that the ranked thing to say so that we could transition into Notre Dame. It's semi the opposite. I feel like you guys are playing ranked teams like every week, you know, and like you're sitting there at six and two, and like you know your Dukes, your USC's, your Ohio State's, your um, Louisville's, you know, like every week you're playing a ranked team, you know. Um, and so, like, I'm going into this at five and one with our. We've already had our bye week. Still, like, I don't know what this team is. I don't know what they can do against high competition. And you're going into it at six and two. Like, I kind of got an idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I don't know how they make the schedule. I do wish that uh, if it's true that the AD helped set the schedule, I feel like he did them a disservice. Now, granted. No one knew Louisville was going to be unbeaten when they went to play them. Um, so I guess you could say maybe that's like this is hindsight being 2020. But Ohio State, people knew Duke was going to be good because Duke was good last year. Then they start off the season beating Clemson, beating, Clemson, beating them kind of handily, mm-hmm. although it's not the Clemson of old. And so, you know, they went through the early season. The offense was high flying. You get to the Ohio State game. You have the blunder at the end with only 10 men on the field. And I know for a fact, because he barely got in with 10 men, if you have that extra D lineman on the edge, he does not score. Because that yeah. would have been – your linebacker's then able to come free because he's taking up a blocker. Um, and so you're right. Like for Notre Dame, this is, I guess, the downside of not being in a conference is when you're not in a conference, when you go play these schools, it's their Super Bowl. Ohio State for Notre Dame, that was their Super Bowl. People who were there said it's the loudest they've heard the stadium since Florida State came to South Bend in 1993. Wow. Right? They said it was, you know, ear shattering, right? The Ohio State game. Then you go to Duke. That's the hot, they break an attendance record. That's Duke's Super Bowl because they were undefeated at the time. Then you go to Louisville after playing two slugfests that went down to the wire at night, your third night game in a row. All the way in expectation of college football playoff is still on the line. And once Hart, Sam Hartman threw that first interception, I said, oh, this is – yeah, it's done. They're not going to win this game. Uh, when Louisville went up by 11, I think my brother texted me there right after that and said, Notre Dame going to the college football playoff, right? I said, bro, they're not winning this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, And then Louisville promptly, after winning their Super Bowl, loses the pit of below 500 team by like 18 points. And you I watched so, Florida turn around and get thumped by Kentucky. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yo, what? Yeah. So, I mean, like, right now, Notre Dame is a team that has a really good defense and an offense that – so, I know people get on Marcus Freeman because they're like, well, he inherited a team that was an 11-win team and da-da-da-da. But the, the thing was is if Brian Kelly had stayed, the cracks the cracks were in the foundation. Yeah. And everything was shifting. He had they had done a terrible job of recruiting the wide receiver position, a terrible job at talent evaluation of the quarterback position. And all those chickens were coming to roost right as he left. So while there was a lot of talent left on defense, while there's talent on offensive line at tight end 
at the some of the most important positions, edge rusher, um, wide receiver, quarterback, there's a deficiency. And so they're dependent on true freshmen who are going to be good in time, who have shown flashes, but you're dependent on true freshmen and young guys to try to carry your offensive unit. And you're saying even with a quarterback like Sam Hartman, who is a quality quarterback, um, it's it's just not working. And I do think that Marcus Freeman, as much as I like Marcus Freeman and I do wish him success, I do wonder if he is going to be a great head coach. He might be a good one, but I think he has a mindset. Now, he was a linebacker for Ohio State when Jim Tressel was head coach. And this is that makes 2000s. sense as to why he didn't put eleven guys on the field during that play. <laughs> I get it. He, he, he you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, like he is, his mindset is very much that old Big Ten style of we're gonna we're gonna have depth and strength on our offense and defensive lines. We're gonna ground <laughs> the game out on the ground, try to hit some explosive plays through the air. And I don't know if that philosophy is going to work in an era where the quarterback matters and having a wide open offensive attack matters. Now, maybe next year, these guys, these wide receivers mature. They have a, another high four-star, uh, low five-star guy coming in next year, got a top-rated quarterback. Maybe that all changes, right? As guys come in and they develop, they hit the portal. They should win. The USC game, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a, in, in a bit about Caleb Williams. The USC game, Probably their best, not offensively, but close to perfect performance. Offense wasn't great. The offense, the, the positive you can say about the offense is that when they turned the, got the turnovers, they scored touchdowns. They got touchdowns on every turnover. Well, not all of them. Not all. Of yeah, them. I mean, they were up, what, 24-6 or something at halftime? Or um, it was 24-6 at half. Yeah. Um, they had picked them up. They had picked off Caleb Three Williams. Three times in the first half. Three times in the first half, and they turned each of those into touchdowns. Yep, yep. Right? So that having that cushion going into it, and then they get the punt return for a touchdown when USC was trying to make it a game, and it was pretty much over at that point. It was, it was yeah. done. The, the um, most frustrating so, thing about Notre Dame – it's got to be for you is just that when you look at what's left, it's, I mean, outside of at Clemson, you know, you take that Louisville loss away and you guys are a one loss team in the college ball playoffs. I mean, unless you just mess something up, I mean, Pitt, Wake Forest and Stanford, like those are games that are, you know, and then even Clemson is not the Clemson of old, you know, but you are on the road against them, but it's just like, man, like you're, you're, the schedule is really the opposite of Tennessee's, you know, Tennessee's looking down yeah. at Alabama, Georgia, you know, Missouri, Missouri. crazy for some reason, but it's like, and you guys are really just kind of in cruise control, like went out and hope something happens. Yep. Yep. I mean, hopefully they can get to at least a new year six bowl. I would like to see uh, Tennessee and Notre Dame. Hey, listen, <laughs> if that were to happen, we're going to that game. Yeah, we got to. We got to. We, we're, we're going to that game. Um, I'll schedule a battle on, uh, on on that weekend, whatever city <laughs> it is. <laughs> but yeah, but but I mean, hopefully they can get to a New Year's Six game, end up with two wins, and Marcus Freeman can have you know a, a really good springboard into twenty twenty five. We'll see what happens from there, man. But yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of Notre Dame's year, like you said. It they went through this gauntlet of four. I would not wish four night games in a row on anybody. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that is um, wild. But hopefully they have. They shouldn't have any more. Clemson might be a, a night game. It depends on where they are. I think they have two losses, what Duke and Florida State, which they probably should have won that game. Yeah, they um, have two, four and two, yeah. 
So yeah, so if they're if they if they're two lost teams by the time they meet up in early November, that'll probably be their last night game of the year. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. But let's let's look across the larger landscape of stories from college football the last week. Let's start with last Friday. So I don't know if you stayed. I know you were in Utah, right? You were in yeah, Utah I Friday. I watched it. Yeah, I did. So you know, I had the game on Colorado playing Stanford. Um, halftime is twenty nine to nothing, and I'm like. It's like 11 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll wake up tomorrow. I'm good. I'm good. So I go to sleep. I wake up about one in the morning, hit the bathroom. And my phone is going. And I'm like, yo, who in the group chat is up at 1 a.m.? And what are y'all talking about? Yeah. Like, what is so interesting? Right. All of a sudden I look and it's like, yo, I can't believe this. Like, man, Travis is getting cooked. Like, and I'm like, wait. The game's still on? Yeah. So I cut it on right in time to see Shador throw the interception. And I'm like, it's in double overtime? Mm-hmm. And I just cannot. I, I get it that, that granted, they're, that Dion is building right. He switched out the whole team. I just never thought that that team was defensively, was that inept that they would blow a 29-point lead. I still haven't gone back to watch. Against Stanford, too. One and four. Let's keep it a buck, like, who they were playing against. Like, we're not talking about anybody that was, like, you know, this kid kid really caught 13 catches for 300 yards and three touchdowns on him. And here's the crazy thing. You go look at his stats. He basically put up his season worth of stats in the second half. (laughs) Yeah. He had, like, 15 catches for, like, 200 and, like, 50-something yards, 230-something yards. Going into the game. Entire season, going into that game. And was still sitting at that number at halftime. And then basically turned into Calvin Johnson on Travis Hunter. And I mean, like, I I understand this takes a lot of shine off of Dion and everything that that, you know, all the hype, right? And here's the thing. I after they went three and oh, I knew they would lose to Oregon. I knew they would lose to USC, but I thought they could get the seven wins. I don't know if they even get the six. I'm not sure they get bowl eligible now. Because the second half of their schedule is not easy. I mean, they still got to play UCLA, which even though they're not ranked, UCLA is a tough out. Um, I think UCLA just suffered their second loss of the weekend. They got to play um, Oregon State. Oregon State is a tough out. They still got to play Arizona. Arizona, who had USC on the ropes, is not going to be an easy out. Um, Washington Washington State is in Utah. Like, bro, like maybe Arizona, they'll be favored. All the rest of these games, the last four of those five, they're going to be underdogs. Yeah. And I just – I don't know if they get the six wins. And so I don't know what And they only have two home games of the last five too. Mm. So, you know, they're at UCLA. They're at Washington State. They're at Utah. And so one of their home games is Oregon State, who's number 12 in the country right now, you know. So it's kind of like – yeah, and I don't know what that, you know, obviously winning is what allows is granted being Deion Sanders is going to do a lot for recruiting, but beyond Deion San being Deion Sanders and winning is going to mean a lot more in recruiting. And so yeah, I so my just, thing my thing wait. was definitely like um with the with the 29 point loss, we're already, you know, with the with the three wins and the the recruiting and everything, we're already on this hype train of that Deion Sanders in a few years could take over Clemson or Alabama or what. 
you know, at the end of the day, he still got to show that he can coach. And he still has to show that he can put coordinators together that can coach. You know what I mean? And it's like losing 29 to nothing right there. Travis Hunter playing so many. I mean, the kid just got, you know, ribs, crack, came back and throwing him right back into like, you know, those particular situations. Like to me, I'm looking at it like this was not a, a great coaching job at all, you know? It does reflect on coaching. And the thing is, like, I know having conversations with people who are not as locked in on recruiting the way that we are, mm-hmm. right? And, and into college football the way that we are, they're just like, oh, he's 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 Deion Sanders. Like, he's going to just show up and kids are going to just flock to him. And I'm like, bro, like, that no. ain't going to go but so far. Like, being kids Deion Sanders. Kids flock to Jimbo Fisher. He looks like the most <laughs> unlikable human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if that was the case, you know, the coach at Notre Dame looks like a cool dude, you know? Like, you know, I, mean, I get it. Dion's a Hall of Famer, and, and that will play a part. But it's like kids want to win, you know? Kids want to be Man. taught how to play football at a level to get them, you know? Like, I, I would be interested to see if he's there for a few years, how many how many um, NFL draft picks he, he puts out. Yeah, because I know, I mean, granted, I don't know how much stock to put in this, but I've already seen people say, well, Travis Hunter is going to need to pick a side of the football because the last couple last couple of games he got he played in, he got torched. Yeah. Like he got he was getting beat left and right. And so, you know, right now, from a recruiting standpoint, Colorado, now granted, they're probably going to be one of these schools that come early signing day are trying to get a bunch of kids late. But right yeah. now, there is 66. Like if they're they gonna get a lot of they're gonna the transfer portal is gonna be nice to them every year. I hear I you, like. but I, to me, to me, that is a really risky thing, right? Because you're talking about I get it. He says culture's over overrated. If you win, then the culture comes. Okay, I hear you, but the opposite of that is if the winning does not come, then the culture really deteriorates. And yeah. So right now, Colorado has nine commits. In 24-7, they're composite 66th ranked class in the nation. If yeah, they rough. can get to top 30, they have done well. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. And I get it. He's in the mix for a bunch of kids. But I'm like, that transfer portal is not going to be your friend every year because you're going against all the top schools, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Floridas, the Bamas, who have already recruited well. And now they're just trying to supplement what they already got, man. And I... I wish him luck. I wish him well. Like, I do want him to be successful. But I that, to me, relying so heavily on the transfer portal every year, to me, that's not a recipe for success. At some point, you're going to have to recruit and develop kids from through three to four or even five years of college. So this might be a conversation for another day. But uh, is there still a such thing as a recruiting pipeline? Not any. I mean, yes. Right. So obviously the Southeastern Conference. That's really the recruiting pipeline, right? You with with Texas, Louisiana, Bama, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, um, and so I don't think there is a such thing because the the top brands are are national, right? There are more hot spots than there are recruiting pipelines. Yeah, yeah. For example, um, I'll use Notre Dame as an example. They're starting to build a solid base in Texas. They're starting to get kids out of Texas. Um, part of the reason why Notre Dame went to the ACC is because they wanted to move their footprint from being Midwest, West Coast and East Coast to being in the southeastern part of the country because they realized, like everybody else, that's where the most talent rich kids yeah. are. 
right in that Georgia area, that North and South Carolina down to Florida. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I mean, obviously that's where the pipeline is, but I mean, you have the most powerful conference in the country <laughs> sitting on that pipeline and getting the majority of the talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I'll say this and we can, we can jump to the next topic too. This, this is kind of an aside and I'll say this, this full rant for another day, which is why it makes me so sad. Matter of fact, let's wait, let's, let's go ahead and jump into this next topic. Okay. Washington and Oregon. One of the games of the year went down to the wire, Michael Penix, Jr. Bo Nick shootout. Mm-hmm. Oregon, Oregon has an opportunity, had several opportunities to take points, left them on the board to go for it for touchdowns, failed fourth down. I'll, let's start with this one. Fourth down, Around midfield, they choose to go for it. If you were Dan Lanning, would you have gone for it in that moment? Yeah, I think I'm staying aggressive. Mm -hmm. I think I'm staying aggressive. Um, It's a shootout. That's the way I feel, you know. Um, Now, maybe I'm not too privy on uh, the punter's skills of of, of putting you inside the five-yard line. You know, um, if I feel like I got one of those guys, yeah, I might go ahead. And, I might go ahead and punt it. You know what I mean? But man, one yard, bro. Like with everything you can do now offensively, and how everything is just—I mean, you watched last night. I watched last night. You know, just just how easy it is to get a couple yards if you're calling the right plays. You know, you hear me, Andy? <laughs> you hear me? You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> just call the right play. You can get a yard and a half. It's there, you know. Man, stop not the jet sweeps and yeah, I'm not mad at the aggressiveness there. So now I do remember there was a fourth down before the half, right? Like there was there was should have just went ahead and took the field goal. So there were two fourth down opportunities that were basically chip shots. It wasn't like it was like 30, 40 yards. We're kind of in that no man's land where it's it's an iffy field goal, but if you punt right, you probably and he punts it and puts it in the end zone. Now you it's a net 20 yards, right? They were like 25 and in. That that yeah. one before half, they were like 10 yard line. Yeah. Or even maybe I, even five yard line. Yeah, I thought that was kind of wild. I thought that was kind of wild. And he had two moments where he chose to take to go for the touchdowns mm-hmm. versus kicking the field goal. And I saw one of the commentators went, You can't kick field goals against Washington. And I go, huh, you know, if he would have kicked two of them, guess yeah. what? They would have been up by three <laughs> yeah. instead of having to try to kick that field goal to go to overtime. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like for me, I don't mind the call to go for it fourth down midfield with like four or three minutes left, because if they score fast, which they did, you got the ball with plenty of time and time. Yeah. Minutes, right. Um, But the cost to not take the points in the game where it was to me, where every point mattered. That Matter, was yeah, the yeah. It wasn't about, well, we need to match touchdown for touchdown. Every point matters at that right. point. You take the points because you don't know how and when you're going to be able to get them. And so to me, that's where he lost me, was not going for it, was going for those two fourth downs and and not taking the points there. Because, like I said, if you take those, again, granted, college kickers, right? So anything can happen. But I feel like their kickers pretty reliable, especially – And the bell kickers, anything can happen too. We found that Uh, out. But listen, listen. But you take you take what what you can get right, especially going into the half, and especially at that point in the game where I think they would have been like down five. I think they were down eight. So if he hits the field goal, you're down five at that point. Take the points because you don't know what how the rest of the game will unfold. So you take what's in front of you, and then you go from there. Great game, Michael Penix Jr. is probably the front runner from the Heisman off that yeah, performance. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the video of him. I guess he was freestyling on the sideline. 
I did not see that. So there's that we don't know what how what it sounded like. It could have been trash, right? But he was speaking in tongues, maybe maybe he was speaking in tongues. <laughs> He's on the sideline. You can see him doing like this, and somebody goes, Is he really freestyling? And his teammate who he was rapping to said, Yeah, bro, was really freestyling about how he was gonna get the ball, go down, score, and win the game. <laughs> so, you know, shout out. I mean, like, bro, stock, bro stock is definitely rising with the with his performance. The last two seasons, but especially this season. So shout yeah. out to Washington. And so this is what I wanted to say about realignment. Hey, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. Can we do something to say to Pac-12? Can we like like collectively? Can y'all come yeah. together and just say for the next ten years we're going to give you like fifty million a year? Because it saddens me that the Pac-12 is what could be entering kind of a new era of renaissance for their league. Yeah, and they're all going to the Big no, Ten or the Big Twelve. Yeah. You look at UCLA is, is is pretty good. SC, I mean, SC is going to have some serious questions once Caleb Williams leaves. But for right now, SC is really good. Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Utah, Arizona is trying to make a comeback. Like, Oh, not to mention you have Colorado in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. My bad. I buried the lead. You got, you got the most probably notable, recognizable, and polarizing coach in the country, in your conference. Maybe of all time. <laughs> mm, man, that's a good one. I don't, well, depends on what happens at LSU. I feel, I feel like their coaches could be pretty polarizing. Man. <laughs> um, depending on what's happening in the given season. If Nick Saban can't get it turned around, at least yeah. Alabama, he's going gonna, gonna to be very polarizing there too. But you're right for now. So, I mean, like to see this conference – tear apart to see what's happened with the big 12 shout out to the big 12 but them losing texas and oklahoma man like when you i i have family that lives in austin or in suburbs of austin and so i've driven to the area and when you drive from kansas city to the austin area you're going through norman stillwater waco um obviously texas is in austin i feel like there's another school texas tech is like two hours south Right. So you're driving like five of six of those big 12 schools are within like three to four hours drive of each other. Yeah. And now you're going to have, you know, these they're going to play in West Virginia and uh, BYU. And it's just like, man, like y'all not thinking of the families, y'all not thinking mm -hmm. of the people who who want to support their children and how they're going to be able to support them in person, which is something to me, the SEC, if the bubble ever bursts on the TV on the TV deals for these schools, the SEC is the only one that's poised to not have the bubble burst because yeah. geographically, everything is still here. Everything is still close knit and tight together. And so, while I hope that happens, so we can get the Pac-12 back someday, yeah. um, man, I hate to see that happen. We got this this note about recruiting. Um, he says, "Thank." He don't think you can <clears throat> judge recruiting till year three. I mean, so here's what I say, Broderick. Right. He says you can't judge recruiting until year three only because of him being Deion Sanders. We forget they only won one game last year. So changing the culture where you won one or two games to this season. And this is true. Right. You can't judge him immediately. However, recruiting is a 24 7, 365 a day vehicle, sir. Well, like, I'm going to also say this is they didn't only win one game yet last year. The Colorado Buffaloes that played last year did. This is a whole new team. This yeah, ain't exactly. This ain't that only team. ten of them. There's yeah, only ten of them from last year on this team. So he flipped. I mean, it was yeah. Uh, what is what was that show about when they they made your home over? 
Oh yeah, yeah. Extreme Home Makeover. Extreme. Yeah. It was Extreme Home Makeover Boulder yeah. Edition. Yeah, and like, so now, mind you, that doesn't mean that it doesn't. It's it's tough to judge because it poses a difficult, you know, um, culture as far as you know, just the chemistry of everybody playing together, coming from all of these different places or whatever. But talent wise, we we can't sit and say it's the same talented, the same amount of talent that they had last year, you know, absolutely. and they do that they do this year. Um, but what I'll say is. What I can say is that in in matchups like that in that Stanford game, before the season, that might have been a game that we said they'll get they can get that one. You know, when we're predicting them to win three or four games, so yeah, cool. They won a couple. You know, that, that maybe we didn't think they were going to win or whatever. But you, know, you got to win that game. Like that's a game you got to win. You know, that's Absolutely. that's one of those ones. You know, uh, when you lose to USC, when you use when you lose to no. Uh, um, who else did they lose to? Just Oregon. Oregon. I mean Stanford. I, I mean the stat again. USC and Oregon totally understand. Yeah, we don't like, like how you lost. One. You know, like the first, especially the Oregon game. You don't like how you lost. You know, but that was a L. You know, <clears throat> that Stanford one. That's the one that's going to be hard to swallow because if you're Dion, here's the thing, Broderick. If you're Dion, if you can make it to even if you're even even if you're a six win team, if you can make become bowl eligible in your first year, you have a lot to sell recruits. Yeah, that you're building, that you are building. Now, granted, five <laughs> wins from one is still a major improvement, right? It's still a major improvement. That's still something that you can build on. But to have that ability to have that bowl prep for your younger players, right? To show those extra love, practices, those, those extra all practices, yeah. all of that, and to be able to say to them, "Look, we were we won one game in year one. We got six. I'm yeah. sorry, we there were one game last year. A five win improvement this year. If yeah. we can do that in one season." Imagine what happens if you show up and you come to our squad. In my opinion, if I'm looking at what Dion's done so far this year, he's won one game that he wasn't supposed to win, and he's lost one game that he was supposed to win. You know, I don't look at Nebraska and Colorado State as games he wasn't supposed to win, you know? Um, yeah, and I, I don't look at Oregon or, um, or USC as games he wasn't supposed to win. So, you know, that TCU game out the gate, you know, great win. On the road too, if I'm not mistaken, in in TCU. Uh, dang, that's a great question. Was it? Yeah, I think they came back home for the for their second game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Wrong. You're right. You're right. That was at TCU. Yeah, at yeah TCU. great win. And then Stanford, bad loss. So you know, I'm 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 looking at it from that from that aspect. You know. Yep, yep. JC, the next time we have like some serious battle rap topics to get into, yeah. we got you. We got you. All right. So let's uh last topic we'll hit on uh on college football here. You know, as much uh, of hype and prominence that the that the Pac-12 or much there in the news cycle and their in their swan song as a conference, I feel like the ACC is not really being talked about a lot. But uh, a storyline that uh, we're just going to put this out here now. We'll see what happens because they got to they got to compete and do and get things done. But Florida State and North Carolina could be for a spot in the playoffs. Yeah. Right now, both undefeated. Drake May is a Heisman candidate, a top three, uh, you know, draft. Is Jordan Travis? Jordan Travis is not in the Heisman talks, but Jordan Travis is probably going to be like a a third round. I would say right now, second, third round pick as it relates to it for the playoffs. So, however, the defensive end is probably a top five pick, right? Verse Jared Verse. Yes. Yes. He is seen as someone who's going to be not top five, top 10. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Um, so, I mean, that is something, again, for those of you who really are into college football, maybe you haven't been paying attention, although Keon Coleman and that catch got a lot of hype, got a lot of a lot of social media clicks. Um, he's going to be, listen, San Francisco, Kansas City, <laughs> one of y'all, make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. That kid is like, so, I think somebody uh, showed like that clip and they went, oh, yeah, he's going first round for sure now. Like, um but yeah, but I to me, like I think big game for Florida State this weekend. They take on Duke. Riley Leonard from Duke, who suffered the high ankle sprain against North Carolina, is going to be back. Mike Elko, the head coach at Duke, can scheme up a defense, former Notre Dame coordinator, former AM coordinator, defensive coordinator. He can scheme up a defense, man. And so this is going to be a true test for Florida State. This is another kind of Super Bowl type moment for Duke because Duke still has their hopes of representing the conference in the ACC title game alive as well because uh, they're only lost. They're still undefeated in conference. They have not lost a game in conference yet. North Carolina, they still got a face off against Duke. They don't play Florida State this year. No, they don't. I'm looking at that's what I was looking up now. It's like in Florida State's two biggest games, really, Miami and, and Duke, they have both at home. Yep. Um, yep. I don't anticipate Florida giving them too much of trouble, but they do have to go to the swamp. But I don't think that doesn't change. I mean, that changes maybe a, a loss. Eh, I don't know. I don't know how that changes if you lose to Florida and then you, you're still in the ACC championship, you know, against North Carolina. But, I mean, you have that one loss. I mean, I'll say this. Losing to Florida would not be helpful. But if UNC goes undefeated, they got Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's done Miami, but Georgia Tech's not a quality program right yeah, now. Yeah, the winner Campbell, that's still going to get shot. Yeah, Campbell, Duke. <laughs> UN, I mean, to me – UNC schedule is going to be has some potential minefields in it because they're all rivalry games, right? You got Duke, then you go to Clemson, then you go to NC State to close. And NC State, while their offense is not great, has a good defense. Their defense can make mm-hmm. life difficult for you. So, yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that could, that's something to monitor and watch. So we'll track that as we go along. Final note, Rodgers, he agrees with what we said. Uh, for me, that's that's the advantage, but disadvantage for him because he's Dion. And listen, please understand that is you're you're absolutely right because the advantage of being Dion is also it's a con. Yeah. Because when Colorado State's head coach goes, you know, I take my hat off, and people kind of roll their eyes. There are parents of kids who who heard that and went, "Amen." Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you know <clears throat> when when Dan Lanning's talking about not being Hollywood, which again, Oregon is. Hollywood um very that that is they're, they're appealing not you remember only, when, you remember like just 10 years ago when people were like we don't need all those different uniforms <laughs> amen you know like Oregon was the was the was the Hollywood of the- I mean look they had when Joey I mean never forget it right Joey Harrington ha- had his picture in Times Square a huge billboard to promote him for the Heisman Trophy how many schools have the money to do that right we're talking about right. a school where Phil Knight is funding it so oh, don't Lord. talk to me about Hollywood, Dan Lanning. You I gotta go find a phone charger real quick. My bad. All right, all right, all right. Yep, yep. <clears throat> all right. So let me see. Let me let me vent while we while we got time here. Do I have anything else I want to mention from the college football season? I don't think so. And I didn't talk about the Big Ten, but I'll say this about the Big Ten. This is shaping up to be a – oh, this – I'm sorry. The matchup of the weekend, Penn State versus Ohio State. 
I think in Happy Valley going down this weekend, I know Loso, shout out to Loso, he posted um, a graphic of James Franklin's record against against top 10 teams. It's not good. But this is going to be one of the best chances that Penn State has to knock off Ohio State and make it into the college football playoff. Um, they had an easy game against UMass the week before. Drew Aller is a true sophomore quarterback. Oh, no, he's redshirt. I'm sorry, redshirt freshman quarterback who Notre Dame should have recruited because he wanted to come play there, but that's for another another day. Um, they have the defense. They have the offense. But can they finally get the big win? That's the one thing that has eluded James Franklin at his time in Penn State is the ability to get a huge victory versus – a team like Ohio State. And if they do, they're in the driver's seat to go to uh, the Big Ten title game. After that, they have Indiana, Maryland. They get Michigan at home. So I'm sorry, they're at Ohio State. So they're at the Horseshoe this Saturday at 11 a.m. They win that game. All you got to clear from that point is Michigan at home. And then you got Rutgers, who Rutgers is probably going to be bowl eligible. So that's a big game to watch to see if James Franklin can finally get the win that has eluded him for so long let me see you good yeah 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 that was terrible my bad all right all right i was able to vamp until you came back um i don't broderick asked the most surprising team in foot in college football i don't know if i have a great candidate I, <laughs> I mean they have they lost they now had they beat lsu i would have been with you but remember they blew that lead to lsu that's true yeah i thought they were undefeated for some reason um I, I mean, but for, for Mizzou, I'll say this. For them, this is a really good year for them. Yeah. Look at this top 25 real quick. I want to say, I mean, Rutgers having five wins to me is impressive because they are perpetually trash. Yeah. Um, Florida State was expected. Washington was expected. Oregon Texas. State, maybe? Or Duke. Uh, I mean. Yeah, Duke being, Duke being uh, five and one. Um, I think North Carolina not finding a way to, to slip on a banana peel because I feel like they always do that. Air Force. Yeah, I was looking at that. Like, you don't – Notre Dame doesn't play them, right? They just – No, no. They only play Navy from the service okay. academies okay. most years. They play them every year. Some years they will schedule Army. They have played Air Force in, the like, the mid-'90s. They had a recurring series against Air Force. But Air Force being 6-0, and that's probably the most surprising team I mean, Iowa being six and one with with the worst offense in college football history every year <laughs> is always surprising to me. But uh, they, Air Force is going to probably win out. What what, are the, what do we do with that? Um, if they win out, they probably are going to be in a New Year six game, right? One group of five school gets if they're I think top twelve. Okay. One group of five school gets an invite. Right now, they are ranked twenty second. Uh, let's see if I can look at their schedule. I'm looking at it now. They got, I mean, <clears throat> pretty much everybody's 500 or under except for UNLV. UNLV's five and one, but they got them at home. That's another surprising school because UNLV just last year was terrible. Like one or two win team terrible. Um, so wow. the fact that they are five and zero is also surprising. Well, I don't know. I don't know if, if the college football playoff committee is going to move Air Force high enough in a space where they could get a group of five invitation. But to me, they're right now they're the team that's has the best opportunity. Unless yeah. like you said, UNLV makes a, a move. So but shout out to them though, man. Service Academy is doing well is always something to celebrate. Yeah. 
even though these are pretty much grown men playing against kids. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> All right. All right. Man, let's jump into this NFL thing. We get into uh, to battle rap here. So, um, you know, NFL action took place over the weekend. We'll start here in Kansas City because the Chiefs played Thursday. They beat the Broncos in one of these. I feel like all the games against the Broncos are They're weird. Cursed. Well, They're no, not even that. Games. Also, Thursday night football games are weird. This is true. But 19-8 was the final score. The offense has continued to look odd. Struck and, the, and the spread just happened to be 10 and a half. 19-8, huh? All right, Vegas. <laughs> hey, them, those guys are magicians, man. I, I really would love to just sit, spend a week or two with them and see how they do this. Because it's yeah. – the fact that they're able to to do like to come within points either way every time is it amazes me. Um, but what do you think is the problem with the offense? Because the defense right now is top three. Two words: Taylor Swift. Come on, you can't be serious. You <laughs> That's cannot, what's wrong with the offense, bro. That's what's wrong with the offense, bro. She's she's toxic. Anything that she gets near. No, but what I do think is wrong, I mean, <clears throat> I might sound a little crazy here. I think um, I think Patrick Mahomes is relying on Travis Kelsey too much in the passing game. My goodness. And <clears throat> I'm not I'm not subscribed to the our receivers aren't getting open, you know, theory. You know? Um I'm thinking he's looking at he's looking at his first option and then he's waiting to figure out what backyard, you know, what kind of whatever randomly Travis Kelsey is going to do so he can hope and try and get us, you know. So that's what I think it is. You know, I, I think that that's hurting some of the chemistry with the wide receivers. I do, however, think Sky Moore. Uh, yeah, sorry. You, it, what, you know, we talk so much about how the Chiefs are always great with their draft picks. They draft so well. That one, you got to take the L on. I just don't think Sky Moore is, is, is that guy at all. Um, but I do think Rasheed Rice is is a very very talented you know young wide receiver, um, and I just think they need one more guy because MVS is not he's not it either. He 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 wasn't it in Green Bay. He was it during a playoff game last year, but he's just not it. You know, so I think they need another wide receiver. Um, I think they need another wide receiver. Rasheed Rice, you know, Justin Watson is a serviceable you know three. I think whenever he was healthy, but he's obviously dislocated something. Um, and Kadarius Tony is kind of a I don't know he's just such an inconsistent option for me you know such an inconsistent option for me so um but yeah I think that I think I think I think Mahomes is really just relying too much on Travis Kelsey and um you know the 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 offense is just kind of super out of sync. So I do wonder. I hope this is like a a long game that that Patrick is playing. I don't think it is. Of simply, if I throw the ball every time to Travis then maybe this will force more of the, the defense to sink down on him and somebody else will come open. I don't think it is. I think it's more so like Brittany just wants to be best friends with Taylor, and he's thinking, go oh, to Travis, and he gets touchdowns, and they get hugs, you know? And so I think he's doing it for his marriage and for Travis's, you know. What's your what's your Twitter? I want to make sure that they – don't send this to at Brains and Bars. I ain't, we ain't I got, am I ain't, underscore A Ward. At Brains and Bars <laughs> – <laughs> what what happened? We got a comment. <laughs> Put it on the screen. Put it on the screen. No, what you did was hilarious. That was funny. 
that was fun. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know like what's going on. I know people. You're not the first person to say 15 is the problem. Somebody else has said 15 is not trusting those guys. And I get it, right? That first game of the season, a lot of drops. Rasheed Rice has about one a game, although I feel like the last two games he's caught everything that's been thrown his way. Um, the guy that everyone's been waiting on, um, Justin Ross, has had a couple of drops. Although he doesn't one seem play, to get that many uh, snaps. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't get that many snaps. Um, he had that one play where he kind of had like the fade route. He goes up, he catches it, and I'm like, ooh, that, that might be something. Later on that game, it wasn't the Denver game. It was the game uh, prior to that. What, who did they play before Denver? Jets. Was it um, Jets? Jets, yeah. Was I it think the it was the Jets? Jets game. Yeah. I feel like it was the Jets game. He makes that quick move. He gets open. He goes up. No, Vikings. There it is. Vikings. Vikings. He dropped like a couple of plays later. They go back to him. He drops a pass, and I feel like you don't see him the rest of the game. And I just thought when they got into the red zone that Justin would be a guy that they would try to you know throw some back shoulders – um, a fade route similar to the one that he caught against Minnesota. I thought they would use him there, and they just have not relied on him at all in that potential in that particular area. Rasheed Rice to me is Dwayne Bow 2.0 right now, not in the drops area, although they are sharing that in common. But that slant, that quick, like run five yards and turn around and then get some yak after that seems to be what he does, which is kind of what Juju's role was last year, right? Yeah. But he's seemingly sliding into that Juju Smith Schuster role. I do want to say this to Chiefs fans, though. You know, Eric Bieniemy was the coordinator for pretty much all of Patrick's career. I don't think I feel like Nagy was there the year before he took over. Then he got the Chicago job, and then Eric took over and has been Patrick's coordinator until this year. Every time that offense under Eric Bieniemy was one of the best in the league, one of the highest scoring in the league, and any time they struggled, a lot of y'all were quick to point out. Eric, 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 you're not doing you. Why? Why is Andy letting Eric call the plays when they had the meltdown the second half of the AFC title game against Cincinnati? There was a whole expose for some random Twitter user about how Eric Bieniemy sank the ship at halftime by arguing with with the, with Patrick. And he had in his contract how he got to call all the plays and da 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 da. Y'all had all this this energy for Eric. This offense has been struggling the majority of the season. While the Washington Commanders, Sam Howell looks like a competent NFL quarterback. That offense has been not great because Sam Howell is not uh, Patrick Mahomes. There is no Travis Kelsey there. While they may have better skill position at wide receiver than you guys, that offense has been competent and it's been good. I need to see some of that energy y'all have for Eric to go towards Nagy. Because to me, that's what I've been missing from the fan base. Y'all had a lot of stuff to say about EB. I, if this offense continues to have fits and stops and starts and sputters, y'all better bring that energy towards uh, towards Nagy because I'm not seeing it right now. Uh, this comment from Broderick. He thinks it's the OC personally. He thinks that the wide receivers aren't at where they need to be at this precise moment, but they're slowly starting to progress. I mean, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm just a little more. I'm just a little more worried this year. You know, like I mean, last year, you know, but we do have. Like I said, when I was talking about earlier in the show. Like the Chiefs' defense is vastly improved. Like Jarius Sneed is playing like an All-Pro defensive back. Chris Jones is playing like the best defensive tackle in the league. 
Um, you know, I haven't paid too much attention to Aaron Donald's stats, and we know Aaron Donald is obviously Aaron Donald, but Chris Jones, his his impact has been huge. Um, Willie Gay's all over the field. Nick Bolton's making, you know, highlight interceptions. And, I mean, guys are just playing very, very well on the defensive side of the ball, not to mention – I, I wish I, I I can't remember some of these guys' names, but um, Dan, what's the, uh, the guy on the defensive line? Dan, um, Derek Noddy. Was it Derek Noddy? No, I was thinking about the other guy. Uh, Mike Dana. Mike Dana. There we go. Yeah, like I mean, this is a lot of guys that are playing really, really good football. You know, Jim and Frank so um, yeah, so you know, uh, you know, maybe maybe if this offense is not as good as it's in in the past, maybe it's the defense that gets the stops this year. You know, um, and and that's what we're we're hoping for. You know. And and I mean to echo that point, I feel like you're in a space right now in the AFC where the Chiefs are number one by default, but I'm not sure that there's anyone that is there to take the crown. The Bills' offense is up and down. Um, the uh, Bengals, Bengals yeah. are at three losses right now and still got to go, still have to play Pittsburgh. Yeah, Baltimore, who they all lost to the first time around. So they're already down 0-3 in the division. Lost to Pittsburgh, lost to Cleveland, lost to uh, Baltimore. So they're already down 0-3 with a second half to go. Um, they've got to play the 49ers. I think that is next week. Um, so they still got to play the Bills. They still got to play the Chiefs. So they still got a, a huge gauntlet to go, and they put themselves in a huge deficit to start the season. So they still have time to figure it out. They have time yeah. to figure it out and try to figure out where they're going. But I think that on the AFC side, the really the the scariest team is is clearly the Dolphins. I think that's I think it's pretty clear that that's that's a, that's the scariest team right now. That you know, um, and the and the Chiefs get them in Germany here, here in a couple weeks, maybe two or three weeks. Um, so we'll kind of see, you know, how that defense you know gets pressure on Tua and, and guards you know those wide receivers. But I think that's I think that's clearly the team. Like you said, the Bengals, the Bills. Chargers we just saw last night look rough. Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars don't look nearly as – like I thought they were, might make that leap from last year. I thought the Jaguars might make that leap and it'd be like, hey, the window's open, you know. They look rough. Baltimore Ravens look rough. Um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah, there's – I mean, all of these teams, you know, nobody looks like, the, you know, the – the. I think Chiefs are still the team to beat in AFC, but the Dolphins are are that team that, you know, can, can say, hey, you know, we're here. Yeah, real quick, shout out to D'Amico Ryans, man. D'Amico Ryans, yes. CJ Stroud. Um, I thought that was the guy that should have went number one overall. No offense. And to I remember Young. I opened up that Tank Dale autograph in my on my live, and you and I was asking you about him, and you're like, yo, hold on to that one. He might be nice, you know? And you know, shout out to him, man. Get him busy. Yeah, so he's building something that and who knows, that might end up being the team that represents the South as yeah. a division winner. I doubt it because I just don't think they have enough pieces yet. But to be 500 going into your bye week is very, very good positioning, especially in that in that division where everyone is 500 or, or maybe one game below it. So, real quick, I want to I wanted to confess something because you brought the Chargers at our draft, our winter go home draft, and I said, you know what, uh, I got I got a surprise team to make the Super Bowl, and, you, and y'all said who, and I said the Chargers, and you were like, <laughs> why? I said, man, I don't know. I just got a feeling. And I said, I think the Chargers win the division. I said, I, don't, I think this is the first time the Chiefs will have to go on the road for a playoff game because they won't win their division. And I think it was reset. The homie reset. Hey, what about uh, the coaching, though? And I said, I'm hoping it's going to be a Milwaukee Bucks situation that they will win despite the coach. <laughs>
And I don't think that they have enough to overcome the coach. Um, also, Justin Herbert, you got to hit those passes. You got to hit those passes. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Keenan Allen. If it's not a touchdown, you're at least 30, 20 yard line because he had room to run. Um, this team just cannot get out of their own way, man. I just, I don't know what to say. They're, probably they're too making- skilled. They're too skilled. Like I said, I mean, they, with Eckler back there, even Kelly's a good backup running back. And then you got Keenan Allen and you got, you know, I mean, you have Mike Williams, you got the Quentin Johnson kid. Josh Palmer is a good, a good, you know, second or third wide receiver. They're just too skilled on offense to be scoring 17 points, uh, you know, uh, um, on the Dallas Cowboys who just gave up 42 to Brock Purdy. Now, you want to talk about elite quarterbacks, you know. I mean, I know Brock Purdy didn't have the greatest week this past week or whatever. Um, but we sit here and we, we're, oh, my gosh, you know, not to, not to talk, you know, not to steal my guy's phrase about just, Justin Herbert being a social media quarterback. But, look, you're dropping 17 on the Cowboys after Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, dropped 42 on him the week before. Like, come on now. Like, if that's not social media quarterback, I don't know what else is. Man, man. Like, I don't I don't know, man. Like, they – so let, let me ask you this question real quick, and I'm going to get to Broderick's comment. Let me ask you this question real quick. So we had this conversation um, – well, we were watching the Cowboys and the Niners. And granted, they're both coming off bad performances. But right now, I, if, you, if you were the Niners and you somehow came into possession of the number one overall pick, would you go Caleb Williams and trade Brock Purdy? Or would you stick with Brock Purdy and trade that pick for additional picks? Yeah, I'm 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 sticking with uh I'm sticking with Purdy. I'm getting my picks. Okay. I'm not okay. moving down too far. I might move down and get a, you know, was that wide receiver you were just talking Marvin about? Harrison, Marvin yeah. Harrison, Marvin Keon Harrison. Coleman. Yeah, yeah, we can slide down a little down bit too and get far. one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, man, we we we're so quick to crown guys. So you know, like just so quickly, you know what I mean? And, and yes, I've watched Caleb Williams, and he, I mean, for the most part of the year, he's looked incredible, you know. Um, but then I watched Caleb Williams last week too, you know, uh, do his Nathan Peterman impression with his first <laughs> half of interceptions, you know. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I mean, I just think with with. With how good the 49ers are, I mean, they're a quarterback away from probably being in the Super Bowl last year, you know, and that's not Brock Purdy's fault at all, you know. Um, and then, I mean, we've seen them in the past be in Super Bowls with incompetent quarterbacks, you know. Um, so, yeah, the, the pieces, the coaching, the everything is there for the 49ers. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm stocking up on other, on other picks, and, uh, and I'm keeping Brock Purdy. So here's the thing I said about Caleb Williams. Notre Dame, now granted, they have some NFL talent, right? I don't think they have anyone that's going to be a first-round draft pick, although Benjamin Morrison, maybe cornerback, he might end up being a first-round draft pick. If worst, round three. But one of the things that they said on the broadcast is that uh, Al Gold, defensive coordinator, said the game plan was to treat him exactly like we did Patrick Mahomes in the AFC title game because he was the linebacker's coach the year they made the Bengals made the Super Bowl, right? Okay. And so the game plan was keep him in the pocket. The second he breaks free, we have a, a, a spy who is crashing down on him. Notre Dame did an incredible job of maintaining their rush lanes on the ends because last year they got too far upfield and he was escaping almost every time to buy more time to run and get yardage. They The ends had great rush lane integrity. 
then let him escape out the backside of the pocket, and they got to push up front. And once it collapsed, you start to see him panic, try to do too much, try to make plays that weren't there, and they turned him over. That's the kind of defense he's going to see in the league. We're going to keep those ends from getting too far upfield. We're going to try to get a put press press up the middle. Let's see you make a play. And I do think if you are a team that if you're the Bears who has two opportunities to have the top overall pick, the Vikings or whoever, that is something that you're watching, right? Because Drake May, not as athletic, still very, very good athlete, though. Don't want to sell him short. Not the same caliber of athlete as Caleb Williams. Probably has to play a little bit more within structure within the pocket than Caleb does. That's something you got to think about if you end up the number one, number one overall pick. So, um, and I'll say this: I know Nick Wright, who has been a very big Brock Purdy, is not that guy proponent. You know, everybody has a bad game sometimes. It happens. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody. He was not going to go his entire career without a bad game. The throws were there to be made. He missed them for whatever reason. But when they needed him to make a play down the stretch to win, he he got them in position. Yeah. Rookie kicker. Rookie kicker. Although, listen, if I was Kyle Shanahan, I would have showed up in that press conference and be like, I got 50000 right here. Here's the check. <laughs> we about to send this to the league office because we about to talk about this officiating. That's not why they lost the game, to be clear. But they were te- they were terrible for both sides. But to me, the the, the plays that would have impacted the game the most the f- clear fumble that was recovered, the the hit on the on Tashawn Gibson where he hits him shoulder to shoulder, he got he got flagged for hitting him too hard. That would have gotten him off the. Field I didn't like that. One. I, just, uh, I felt like he launched, but I mean, I, I wasn't. I felt like he just more so whether it's shoulder or not. I felt like launching your body into somebody was automatic flag. I'll have to go back and look. I feel like I don't know. I didn't feel like he. I get he launched, but I think to me, if the intent is. You can you can't hit them in the head or neck area. He didn't hit him in the head or neck area. He hit him in the shoulder. Clearly, it's not one of those where he clipped them on the face too, and you have to go, dang, like you hit, like come on, bro. Like I, I right. understand what you meant, but but yeah, but I don't know, man. So last last note, we get the battle rappers to close out. This is can we can the Chiefs stop the the Dolphins run game? Is most are going off? They play in two weeks, I think. Yeah, I think the Chiefs can stop the Dolphins' run game. Um, I don't think Mostert goes off. So here's the thing. I saw some advanced numbers today that the Chiefs have a bottom five rush defense. Analytically, like like the advanced numbers, not just the regular counting stats. So that is something to be concerned about. Yeah. Um, So it And Mostert's one of those guys where if he gets an angle on you, I can't wait to see McDuffie. I mean, to be honest, I can't wait to see McDuffie and um, Sneed versus on Waddle and Hill and Hill. Waddle. That's going to be a fun matchup. They don't possess the the top end speed. I can't see them doing this stupid. Although, who knows with Spags? People, stop single covering Tyreek Hill. Unless you got Deion Sanders or Revis out there, please stop. He's gotten two easy touchdowns where the corner's got no hands on him off the press. It's over. You don't get a hand on him. It's over. So maybe Spags tries it, but he would be a fool. You better have somebody over top waiting for him as soon as he burns that first guy. But I don't know. We'll see. But the Chiefs, that that is something to monitor. They, again, their run defense has not been great this year analytically. Could be a problem. All right, so want to close the show out on this. 
we haven't talked battle rap. I know you've been all over the country in the last month and a half or so. Um, there was there have been eight billion battle rap events. I apologize. I have, listen. I'm pay per viewed out. Um, I'm battle wrapped out. I don't watch eight million events. So you know, shout out to J. Oh, actually, I did purchase the pay per view for J. Funnest things. I wanted to support Marvin and Saga. Um, but you know, shout out to John John. I know his event fell apart. Shout out to I Battle. Um, all the leagues that are putting on events and throwing them. You were in my at Mike Masters in Utah again. Um, but I do want to ask you this to close out the show. Let's start here. Not naming yourself. Your top five for Cody is who? Not naming myself? Your, so, yeah, right. Not putting yourself in the mix. If you had to name your top five for Cody, who would it be? That's a good question. Um, I really wish that it's, – it's weird because, like, I don't pay enough attention to everybody's resumes, and these days it's not four or five battles anymore, you know? Like, I saw a tweet posted today about Chef Trez's resume for the year, and I was like, oh, my goodness, you know what I mean? Like, I know he's been having a great year, but I didn't know he had, you know – 27 battles you know um it looks similar to my you know my year two you know two years ago or something he's had like 20 battles something like that you know but then i look through it and i'm like oh he's battled twerk he battled jack boy he battled um swamp he battled clone he battled um um there was another really really good battle he had uh but yeah like he's just you know um so i'm gonna put chef trez in my top five um, and that might be some recency bias, but I just think he has two really, really. Oh, he battled John John as well. I had him beating John John. You know, I had him in a great matchup with Twerk. I had him, you know, beating Jack Boy. I had him and Swamp in a very great matchup, a close battle. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna put Chef Trez in there. I'm not gonna do one through five. I'm just gonna pick five guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna put Tay Rock in there as well. I think Tay Rock's having another one of those years. Um, really, really good year. I'm putting Big K in there, definitely. Um, just with the year he's having, the impact he's having, he beat the toughest battler to beat in the entire world to start the year. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and so, you know, there has to be said something of that as far as strength of schedule is concerned. Um, I'm going to throw, man, I don't know if I want to say this or not. I'm going to throw Geechee Gotti in there right now. Oh, man, that, that third round of ours easy. And just, I mean, knowing what champion of the year is about, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw Geechee in there. And then my fifth one, I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all just going to hate me. You can roll your eyes. You can do it all you want. It's my guy, whatever. Marv one, bro. Marv one's had an incredible year. I really love Marv one's year. I think he's winning all of these battles as well. I think he's writing some of his best material that he's ever written in, in what his 20th year of battling, you know? And I think in, in a, a day and age where you look at these guys like no offense, disaster, Reed dollars, um, um, Jay Mills, um, E Nest guys, I'm just saying veteran legend guys that have been around for a long time. We look at them as like, they're not in their prime. They're not the same person. That win is not equivalent to what it used to be. Well, mm-hmm. well, there has to be said some, something said about the fact that Marv One is actually probably being the best version of Marv One right now, you know, some 20 years later, you know, and beating guys like Danny. I didn't beat Danny Myers clearly this past weekend, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to throw Marv in there. Um, I think Marv definitely deserves to be in the top 10. 
Um, and but uh, you know, I'm throwing him in my top five. So Tay Rock, Big K, Geechee, Marvin, and Chef Trez. That's right now, just off the top of my head. Mind you, somebody can show me a resume of somebody else that I'm leaving off. I don't, you know, Twerk has obviously been had a great year as well. Um, easy to block captain has a year that needs to be spoke about as well, you know, with the hitman battle and with you know, Reed and disaster. Um, uh, Loso's had a really good year. Loso's got 16, 17 battles, you know. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys out there that you know have really been putting on this year. And then when you're so much content, like you said, you're battle wrapped out, you know, I, I, I am kind of too because I'm looking around like, man, these resumes are so long. You got guys with you know that are doing what I did two years ago now you know and it was frowned upon you know taking so many battles it's like you know um but yeah no i think it's 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 definitely going to be an interesting year for cody and i know we were talking about it in the group the other day but there's going to be somebody that, that that gets that late push there's going to be another battle that happens here in the next month and a half you know and somebody's going to get that late push and uh yeah yeah i'm gonna tell you you mentioned twerk twerk has the trash battle whether you think he won or lost, it's a good quality battle. He's got the coffee battle. He won that. He got the hollow battle. He won that. Shoddy horror still to go. Yep. If he is the opponent for Mook at homecoming. Yeah. Ay, that, that might be your Cody right there. Um, with all due respect to Especially everybody. He's Mook or he has like a, you know, a, le- a legendary type performance, you know? And I think he, I feel like the consensus is he won over Hollow clear. I know some people have Hollow getting that third round. I feel like people had him winning the first two pretty clearly. Yeah. But again, you have Cody Coffee, who's a Wody. If you have Hollow, who's, you know, Mount Rushmore status, Mook, Mount Rushmore status, Shadi Hora, who is um, definitely Mount Rushmore over in England and still has status here in the States as well, right? Don't want to downplay his 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 status here. Right. That's going to be a tough resume to overcome, especially if you can say again, if we're not talking about debatables, but if he's got clear wins over all those, coffees are clear, hollows clear, if he gets Mook and clears and shoddy clear. Another person I left off that I don't foresee having a big battle like that at the end of the year, but I think Ill Will's had a, another really good year. Man, yeah, he has. I know has he battled four times this year? I know he had Hollow and uh and Hitman. Uh and Hitman, but I don't know if because you know you gotta get four battles this year. Yeah, you do, don't you? I don't know. Uh, I don't um he might have some on some small leagues though. He might have some one round battles on some smaller leagues or three round mm-hmm. battles on some smaller leagues that we haven't paid attention to, but but yeah, but it will if he can get two more plates. If he doesn't, or one more, he might have battled the third time and I just missed it. But it will definitely had a, a year between those two that you have to pay attention to for sure. Um, was the back to it or was it straight to it? Was that was those to start the those year? Those were last year, yeah. Last year, all right, all right, all right. All right, so I want to end the show by asking you this then as we close out where do you place yourself respectfully? for Cody this year as we head into this final quarter? I definitely think I'm a top 10 right now. You know, um, I don't know about the top five. You know, Cody is just all about in what lens you look at somebody's resume through, you know, like that's really what it comes down to. You know, somebody is looking at my resume and they're saying Big K, Vixen, Frack, Verb, Clips, Real Sick, Emerson Kennedy, Shufflo and Marlowe. They're looking at like, yo, this is what we've been wanting that award for the last three or four years. We want all of these types of matchups, you know? 
And then somebody's looking at it and saying, well, I got him one in four in these matchups. And I don't think that he's one. You know what I mean? Somebody's looking at it and saying, hey, guess what? He has possibly the body of the year. He has possibly the performance of the year in that body of the year with Vixen. He has two nominees for battles of the year with Averb and Real Sick. You know, and when I say nominees, everybody says they got a battle of the year. I'm thinking those land in the top 10. You know what I mean? Um, you know, with 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 battle of the year, you know, nominations. Then you got moment of the year, you know, maybe even possibly two moments of the year with the crown Vic line. And, uh, you know, so like not only do what does the resume match up, do the performances match up, but the strength of schedule. If you're going based off. What's the best big K you've seen all year? First a word. What's the best frack you've seen all year? First a word. What's the best verb you've seen? A ward. What's the best real sick you've seen? A ward. You know, my resume is not only that, but I, I'm 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 taking on the best. You know, we sit here talking about yeah, Twerk got hollow. You know, yeah, he got hollow. Cool. Did he get the best hollow we ever seen? No. You know what I mean? I'm going up against the best and 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 creating whether a debatable, a win, or whatever it may be. You know, so I think that when you look at it through that lens and you realize like the product that I put out, the moments, the body here, the, you know, the um, moment of the year here, the, you know, battle of the years here. Like, I think I'm top 10. Definitely. If I can go into this next, you know, this last couple months or whatever and put together one or two more, you know, really, really nice um, um, battles. I don't see why I can't be in the talks in the top five and even in the top, you know, three to say, hey, you know, he could be champion of the year as well. So. Respect, respect. I do hope, I mean, you know, I'm your fake manager. I do hope that in 2024 that you definitely, you know, slow down. Every year, bro, every year I'm taking less battles. Every year. Every year I'm taking less battles. This year I've had less battles than last year. Last year, less battles than the year before, you know. So, you know, people want you to slow down, but, you know, you never know what that looks like in battle rap. So I'll say this again. I think I've said this before. Uh, if I had my druthers, your perfect year, eight to 10 battles, they would be strategically placed throughout the year. So there's really no breaks. Right. Because I do think it does hurt you hurt someone's resume when, you know, you have again, you have guys like Rum Nitty and Geechee who are battling, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 times. Now, granted, they're not all, you know, the biggest stages and the biggest names, but they're active. Their name is consistently out there. Um, and so again, with that in mind, you know, I think T-Top mentioned battling you on his league that he's starting up in rally. I think that'd be a dope one. Obviously the Holmesy to God matchup is going to be rescheduled for J400's league. That's one Calico hollow on RBE, potentially um, twerk, Av or Rock on the Riot or all three, you know. Um, so that's what we're at seven right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe three lesser known names on on. Yeah, I mean, league. and if you know, that's the benefit the guys that are on URL have. You know, is that they know every month they can go get a battle. You know, and so uh, unfortunately, RBE Chrome King of the Dot and Riot they they put on you know, three or four events a year, you know, and I can't guarantee and sit back and wait and hope that that I'm going to get a battle that I want on those cards, you know, 
And so when you look when you look at battles like, you know, we're looking at man, he's taken so many battles, he's got real sick after Charlie Clips. It's like, thank God I had real sick after Charlie Clips. Thank you know, I mean, people didn't like the Charlie Clips battle. I thought it was a fun battle, but like thank God I went two weeks later, I'm back in like, oh, battle of the year, A Ward, like what do we you know? Thank God I had Big K three weeks or Vixen three weeks after Big K, you know? And so, like, you know, you're kind of like looking at battles and you're just like, you never know how the how they're going to fall with, like, being on these leagues that don't necessarily say, oh, you know, we got we got two events this month. We got an event next month. Don't worry. There's an event next month. You get your get back, you know. And so, you know, whenever whenever you, you don't get to be on an event, like I didn't get to be on uh, the last. Uh, what was that? Um, was it a closure? What was it on that? You know, when I got when I was left off of the one with. um that was hollow right that was hollow and no you were on that card with hollow and ill will um i'm talking was, about king yeah, los, king los and ill yeah, will. yeah yeah that was i was that closure i can't think of the name of, the, yeah. of, that, of that event but was rosenberg raw and charlie clips yeah you know. mook and mook and k yeah, yeah yeah i know the i know the one you're talking about i know the one you're talking about for sure hey man john john man what's up man what's up with clone what clone and war what's up mm-hmm. super black go. shoot super black said he ready what's up what what we got to do? What we got to do, John John? Do we got to line you and him up? What we got to do? Let's make it happen. 2024, man. He needs to make, my guy needs to make his bullpen debut. It's been long enough. It's one of the few stages he has not touched. It's time. Time to make it happen, for sure. Facts, facts. So. For sure. Well, and we don't have- listen, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all league owners, I don't know what y'all out here doing, man. I don't want to see y'all name up on no Rico paperwork, because all of a sudden, there's a lot of events happening like the first part of the year had a bunch. It was a big law in the middle. And from like August to the rest of the year, y'all got Brit, y'all money got long. Look, I went I back on Google happened. was like, are they back doing those PPP loans? Like, I need to holler. Like, what's going on right now? Like, hey, 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 make sure that money good money. That's all I'm saying. Make, I don't want to yeah. have to be free, free nobody. I ain't trying to be no free nobody hashtags on Twitter, man. Make sure yeah. that money good. But we need to see, hey, but for real, John John, like for real, you're going crazy with the cards. Like, Somebody tried to say y'all won big league and, and you went and, and said, what? Let, let me show you something real quick. So 2024, my guy, let's make it happen for real, for real. But, yo, that's our time, man. We've been here for an hour and a half. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Last couple of comments. Shout out to Broderick. Real quick, one, one last thing off the cuff. If you could introduce someone, because he says, thanks for getting me into the genre. If you could uh, introduce someone to three of your battles, what would they be? To get to like the essential A ward three pack of battles, new somebody new or just like my yeah, favorite new to the culture, new to the culture. So, so like someone who's new yeah. to the culture, what battles are you introducing them to? Saint Mike, uh, Saint Mike, um, real deal and ill will. Mm, okay, dope. Why those three? I think material wise, there's not a lot of times when there's a lot of backstory in a battle, it's hard to introduce somebody new to the culture. You know what I mean? Because they're just there's there's so many references and things that they get lost in, you know, uh, angles and different things like that. St. Mike is just very pal- palatable. Is that the word? Um, maybe. I don't know. But I feel like St. Mike. Okay. Yeah, Continue. I feel like St. Mike is just very like you. Can, it's easy watch. You know what I mean? His his angles are pretty like you know you don't have to be a battle rap fan or whatever. Um, the real deal battle as well. You know, it's a little bit bigger stage. It's a different type of battle, 
and then you get to see ill will you can see like two thousand people you get to see the rebuttals you get to see you know the pressure and everything so there's three different types of battles so all right cool 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 shout out to jordan easily apparently we've been on so long that he is eating dinner with the family facts <laughs> facts and shout out to Troy, man. Shout out to Troy. Up, Hope you and his family are good, man. Shout out good to good. you. Uh, France decided to let me know that um, I am not not your manager. Hey, yeah, France, I, was gonna, I was gonna speak up. France, France speak what's up? up? What's up? What's up? You what? You, you wasn't there when he was back at the loop. What's up? You wasn't you with me shooting in the KCC. You wasn't. <laughs> you wasn't. You wasn't Team Jesus, France. What's up? I've been in the trenches. Yeah, more than easy. What's up? What's happening, France? Ask France what he know about Empire. <laughs> oh man yo shout out to france man that's my guy man but yo that's our time man we appreciate y'all tuning in until next time it's been a black and white and white thing last thing before we get out of here remember you can follow us on all social media follow him at i am underscore a ward on twitter i believe that's the same thing on uh, no i am a ward on instagram Oh, my fault. So no underscore on Instagram at Brands and Bars, all the socials, Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitter, um, TikTok. I believe that I have this Brands and Bars on TikTok. Don't sue me if I got it. If I got it wrong, don't sue me. But yo, we'll holler at y'all next week, man. Y'all be easy. Peace.